Ladies and gentlemen, the questions you've all been asking are now being answered. Welcome to another edition of It's All About Who You Know, the podcast where influential people talk big topics in sports, faith, and more. Your host is a former Oregon State wrestler. He has a 4.9 star Uber rating and is currently undefeated in his MMA career. Here is Christian Robertson. Hey guys, before we get into today's episode, first of all, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. I could could and would not do it without you listeners, so thank you again. But if you have not yet, um, my big promotion platform is my YouTube channel. I do a lot of vlogs. I do a lot of stuff. Um, that's really my only source of media. So if you haven't yet, go over to Christian Robertson on YouTube or check out the link in the description. Go subscribe, comment, show some love. Appreciate you guys. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the podcast. Thank you. Guys, we live in 2022. A side hustle could never be any easier than it is right now. I'm here to tell you about Lyft. That's right, L-Y-F-T. Not the kind of lifting I do in the gym, but the kind of lifting I do in between training hours. What I do is I drive for Lyft, guys, and you can too. Here's how. You're going to use the promo code CHRISTIAN80836. What that's going to do is your first month driving for Lyft, you're going to use that code CHRISTIAN80836. And what's going to happen is in your first month, you're guaranteed to make $3,500 with Lyft. All right, how that's going to work, you get a certain amount of rides. Once you hit it, you make $3,500, but it's more than that. I just had a friend, Tim, do this. What happened was he made... $3,000 and thought, okay, they're going to reimburse me $500. No, that is not including tips. That is not including bonuses. That is not including anything else except base fare. So his base fare was $2,500. They give him a check for $1,000. They sent it right to his account. So $1,000 more than he thought he was going to make, he made in just three weeks time. So almost $4,000 in three weeks So guys, that code is Christian80836, 3,500, guaranteed more like 4,000 in your first month. Certain restrictions apply. Sign up today. Guys, I am not a savvy media person. I'm not great at writing papers. I don't know anything about NFTs. I have no idea how to graphic design or make a logo, but what I do know how to do is use Fiverr. Fiverr is probably one of the best programs I've ever seen in my life. I got my logo made from them. I've had college papers written by them. I have had people translate messages that my fiance has sent me from them. Guys, anything you can think of that you can't do digitally, they can do. I had somebody um, do a podcast intro for me. I've had videos edited through them. Literally anything you can do through Fiverr and Best of all, you can get 10% off. For my listeners only, you follow the link in the description below. Go to Fiverr, get 10% off, and you guys, the world is your oyster with Fiverr. You can do anything. You can have anything done. If you got a video you need edited, go check them out today. That's Fiverr. Use the link in the description below. How many times have you done this? So last week, you know, uh, Biagio, Walsh? I did and like a mock, and I'm gonna say mock interview because uh, it like um, the freaking computer cut out ten minutes in. No. And then we talked about some stuff, uh, so we got like 25 minutes, and like 15 of them, like 15, we talked about some legal stuff that he actually like later found out he can't talk about. Oh, so he was like, a- he was like, bro, can we not post it? I was like. So, but he's fighting at the end of next month, so... Yeah, he's I was two just days like, before, man. Yeah. So he's I was like, oh, we'll just... We'll get this over closer to your side. Is this your first in-person podcast? No. no. Which ones have you been on? You been on the Schmo yet? I haven't been on a Schmo. I've done, like, 20 podcasts. Uh, man, after Ultimate Fighter, I did a lot. Yeah. Uh, and you don't have to face that. It's just kind of... Right, cool. Yeah. Yeah, no, freaking... After the Ultimate Fighter, I did quite a bit. Dude, I did uh, Action Junkies over at... Uh, they have a studio right over here. I do a bunch of different ones, bro. Nothing yeah. like super big, but like just some dope ones, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, That's cool. Podcasts they, are fun. Do they have, uh, like, because I'm literally just using what I got, man. Do they have yeah, cool yeah, studios? Yeah, the one I, dude, you should actually talk to the guy. He, 
he lets people, he lets fighters come and use the studio for podcasts. You know, Ode Osborne, mm-hmm. UFC fighter? Maybe if I saw a picture of him. So this guy who owns the whole facility is called John Orlando, bro. He's one of the most loaded people, bro. He's like best friends with Dana White, but he has a huge podcast called Action Junkies. Yeah. And he just had Grant Cardone on. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dana White on. So you know when Dana find out he only had 10 years to live? Or whatever. Did you hear about that? What happened? Dana went to some doctor. When was this? Doctor, probably like a month and a half ago. And the doctor told Dana he only had 10 years to live. Well, Dana came out with that on this guy's podcast. Oh, okay. But yeah, and then, and that's he, when Dana started doing keto? Is that yes, what happened? Okay, yes. okay. And then Dana, so he had Dana on, and Dana sat down on his podcast, and then he had the doctor for Dana, and then he had Grant Cardone. But this guy, bro, he has a huge studio, and he lets other podcast people come in there and use the studio. Oh, that's cool. So I can hit him up, bro, and see what's up, because he has a dope little spot. Yeah. No, I'd love to. Um, different things. No, I'd love to, because, like, really, I'm just like, okay, I've got the, like, so the way this that's microphone sick. works is it, it, I can set it up to where it's collecting sound from my end and your end, and it's not collecting any outside sound, cool. um, which is just good for now, but there's so many guys at the gym, there's so many people, I mean, freaking... Adam Laxall was working at it, like, yeah, the, you know, right. probably our next yeah. senator. Yeah. So it's yeah. just like, there's so many resources to, yeah. like, the gym is just so, like, it's I don't. so valuable for what you're doing. Yeah. You so many people's brains, bro. We get so many people at Extreme Couture from, like, just, you know, health people to athletes to pro yeah. football players. You got Sean Merriman, bro. Yeah. You know, Hall of Famer. A bunch of WWE guys come in. Yeah, bro. Yeah. That's a good spot. No, it's cool. And it it's good because my, like, MMA is kind of the niche, yeah. but I don't want to stay with MMA. Yeah, yeah. But it's not like I'm, like, br- I don't have to branch out right now. I can, I can kind of like build that niche and then you know start to branch out. Like, you know, if I get you on and then you get you know you have a guest that like does something else or yep. whatever. So it's cool. No, that's crazy. That's crazy, bro. And podcast is dope, and there's a bunch of money in it now too. You know, what I'm saying? yeah. You, you, be- big people on you basically stuff, become man. a billboard. Yeah, bro. What's been the most uh, What's been the most fun podcast you've done? Hmm. Now I did this podcast like uh, I don't know, it was probably like four weeks ago. I forget the name of it, but this guy just asked a bunch of random funny questions, dude. And he's like, "Would you rather fight a chimpanzee, or would you rather fight a hundred or kill it? just stupid question?" Like hundred eighth graders or something yeah, stupid. Yeah, <laughs> it was like a hundred. It was like a thousand chickens or something, dude. And I was like, "Damn." It's a great question, bro. I haven't been asked these before. I don't know, man. Just different outside-the-box questions, too, you know? Like, I feel like something that keeps people engaged, too, also. Yeah. That's, like, dope. Speaking of chickens, my, uh, so my fiancé, I think you've met her, but she's from Mexico. Yeah. And she told me this when we first started dating, but we were talking about it earlier. So she, and I told her, I was like, babe, you realize this is, like, not an American thing. Like, this is the most Mexican thing I've ever heard. She used to have a pet chicken, and like it would just fly around the house. And in like, the house, yes, bro, that's Mexican. So <laughs> when, I, when I told her, I was like, "She's like, that's not normal. Like people, people in Mexico this have dead serious. Yeah, people, people in Mexico have pet chickens all the time, and they just fly around like they're like dogs." Dude, I'm not gonna lie though, bro. I used to have when I was at my parents' house, dude. We had chickens. I bought chickens for my parents. Yeah. Rest in peace. A bobcat ate them like a year later, bro. Just oh, no. bit off their heads, dude, and just left them there. It's crazy what happened. But, dude, the chickens are sick, dude. You let them out the cage. They follow you everywhere. Oh, they my come gosh. up. They just peck at your feet. You pat them and shit. It was super cool. I told you. I was driving for Uber one time, and one of your old roommates was my passenger. He's like, oh, you know, right? This was before you and I really this knew each other. Yeah, exactly. You had, a, you had a pet duck? Yeah. What is bro, this story? Bro, oh, my God. So, there's a time in West Virginia. Where, uh, man, everyone was buying ducks. And I remember I was so stupid. I was at my house, bro. And at the time, I lived with, like, fuck, I lived with, like, eight people, bro. Me and Zigzag lived in the basement. There was, like, six people upstairs. It was just straight, like, party house though, at the time. It was very toxic. But we were having a party, and I told everyone, I was like, I'm going to go buy a duck. Yeah. Like, no, you're not. No, you're no way. I went and bought a duck, bro. The duck imprinted on me. So wherever you go, the duck just follows right behind you. <laughs> And, dude, I had the duck for, I don't know, like five, six months, and then uh, I let it go. <laughs> no, I took it back to the pet place wherever I bought it. I was like, I can't do this. Dude, ducks are very messy. Yeah. Ducks poop everywhere, bro, and they just quack in the middle of the night. I hated it. I hated it. It was the worst investment. I remember. It was cool telling people how to duck. I remember 
I was walking down a road one day, I had my duck falling in West Virginia, like everyone's just house, 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 there's always people, always like stuff going on, functions and stuff. And my brother was like, dude, that dude has a duck just following him everywhere, bro. I'll take the duck everywhere with me. For like six months, it was so much fun. That's hilarious. Man, it was uh, maintenance. The maintenance was... 21-year-old riders should not have had a pet duck. 21-year-old <laughs> <laughs> riders should have a pet not anything. Yeah, 110%. Like, I, I don't even know if 27-year-old rider. <laughs> Straight up. You know, it was a lot of maintenance. Uh, I don't trust myself with the duck. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. I got attacked by a duck one time on a golf course. No. Way. Yeah, my dad, um, he, like, tried to get this baby duck, and the mom started hissing. So instead of, like, actually trying to get it and, like, seeing what happens, he's like, Oh, I know what I'll do. Looks over at me. I'm like playing in a creek. So I'm like five years old. And he's like, hey, Christian, come here. I'm like, what's up, dad? And he's like, hey, go go grab that baby duck. And the, mo- the mom starts hissing at me. And I like got like this putter in my hand. <laughs> and I go to grab it. And the mom like attacks me. And I take off. <laughs> I like look and there's like the duck is like flying and hit me. I fall down this hill both me and the duck roll down the hill because she's like on my back and I'm like the feathers were everywhere so I got like the shit kicked out of me by a pet duck Bro, or not a pet duck by a duck I can't even hate on that though speaking of chickens my parents old house we used to have like a little farm bro we had horses we had chickens but we had a we had a big freaking rooster, dude. And I was the same thing. I was like four years old, bro. And my dad went to go get the eggs, and I was in there with him. Well, this rooster was very aggressive, man. But I had a stick, like a little stick, and I was acting like it was a gun. And I was in the hiding behind this trash can in our little chicken coop, and I acted like I was shooting this rooster, bro. The rooster jumped on me, bro. <laughs> jumped on me, knocked me on my back, and it was just clawing the crap out of me, bro. Oh, I'm like four years old. Dude, my, gra- my dad grabbed a log. Cracks this rooster off of me, bro, <laughs> and literally beats the rooster to death right next to me. I'm four years old, like, holy cow! I'm gonna run my mom, mom, dad killed the the chicken, <laughs> killed the rooster. It was crazy, bro. Oh my god! So I've had my fair share of bird attacks. That's hilarious. Yeah. Um, so my neighbor, or not my neighbor, my roommate owns the house, um, and he was preaching this morning. So if he walks in, cool, uh, cool. he knows that we're doing a podcast. So Sick. he's he's gonna be. Um, but yeah, it was funny. I was, uh, <laughs> bro, when, when you, uh, how's that goat milk, by the way? Goat milk? <laughs> no, it was funny. Great. It was funny when you told me your your order and you were like, uh, what was, uh, chai tea latte with, with, oat milk. with oat milk. And I was like, you want estrogen with that? <laughs> or a <laughs> shot of estrogen? I was like, I'll take two shots two of shots, estrogen. <laughs> I was done. Bro, that pissed me off the other day when I went to go tell you my drink. Cause I've had Starbucks a minute and I couldn't remember it was bothering me, bro. I was like, damn, did I get a concussion or something, dude? Probably. I was like, oh my you spar God. with Strickland? Yeah. yeah you probably, <laughs> probably got a concussion. I probably like, got two. I was like, what the hell do I drink from Starbucks? And I asked my girlfriend this morning and he texted me. I was like, babe, what do I drink from Starbucks? I got a chai tea latte to help me. I was like, ah. That's why I said you. Yeah, I knew yeah. you were around for a reason. <laughs> That's terrible. So no, that's funny. funny. Did I tell you what happened a couple nights ago? Yeah, bro, which sh- house was it? Well, I'm not going to say it on the podcast, but um, it was like... Down there. Yeah, because I think they put the address, so I don't want to say like... Yeah, yeah, on, for sure. I'll tell you, um, I'll tell you when we get off, but yeah. yeah, so like... What was it? Wednesday night, I think? Wednesday or Thursday night, it, uh, I wake up at like 3.30 in the morning because like there's a... Um, like a car alarm going off. It sounded like my car. Yeah. And so I look out the window and I just see a bunch of cops. I'm like, well, I don't know what the hell's going on, but <laughs> if if my car, if somebody's trying to break into my car, at least the police the are, cops here. are here. Yeah, <laughs> cops are here. You know, it's like somebody if somebody falls down at the the hospital, you're like, ah, they're good. Yeah, there's nurses. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Best place to get in a fight. Um, Best place to get in a fight. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so I wake up the next morning and I'm like, you know, just I because I didn't see the extent of it and I look. And there's just, like, the whole block is just, like, police, uh, you know, they got, like, the caution yeah, tape policed yeah. off. And I asked the police, like, hey, what happened? They're like, uh, somebody got hurt. You know, like, just wouldn't tell me. Casual, yeah. Yeah. And so my, my fiancé looked it up. Um, and then I heard, I've got some other details that I know, but I can't really share them just because I, yeah. uh, I don't know if they're true or not and they haven't yeah. released it. Yeah. 
But basically, what I gather is a um, 28-year-old girl. She actually made national news. I don't know if you heard about this, but she made national news a few months back. She got arrested and said that she got arrested because uh, the cops thought that she was the prettiest like thing they'd ever seen. Weird. Weird. Um, but like, 28-year-old girl like slashed her mom up at like 2 in the morning called the police and was like, hey, I think I just killed mommy. Like, weird yeah, stuff. Bro. And I heard, I thought it was a knife. Now there's, like, a report that it might have been glass. Like, she used a piece oh, of glass. Bro. And I've heard it was, like, gruesome. one of the most gruesome scenes. Like, horrible. You think the girl was on drugs or something? Did so, so what, so... Somebody saying you saw her, too, or something? Yeah, so she walked by a few weeks ago, and I had my, um, like, I was promoting my YouTube channel in the back of my car, and she's like, oh, are you a YouTuber? And she was wearing, like, real short shorts. And, like, she just, it looked like... Bad news. Yeah. And my first instinct was, like, oh, this chick's on drugs. Yeah. Because, like, she was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go check it out. Like, because that's not a weird question, yeah. but just the way she phrased it. Yeah. And then I started, you know, talking to some of my neighbors. One neighbor uh, that I was talking to was like, yeah, she uh, she came in. Like was in my garage one day, just standing there, like what? asking people Man, if they can, girl's weird. she can get rides. She was asking the other neighbor if like if he knew how to get drugs and stuff. Oh, so like, sure she's on drugs. yeah. So weird stuff. Fled to Barstow and they caught her like two or three hours later in Barstow. Damn, when did this happen? I think it was Thursday night, wow. Wednesday or Thursday night. Yeah, because I remember seeing it was a Friday. Then last night, um, I was driving down the street and there was like fifteen cop cars. So I think there was a shooting at one of these like like Dottie's casinos or something like Dude, that. It's getting so bad out here. It's crazy. I mean, even where I live, I'm over on Henderson. Uh, man, you see cop cars because I live like kind of like Boulder Highway is super ghetto. The apartments I live in are nice, but like they're like two roads from Boulder. So oh, you're on Boulder, Boulder Highway. Yeah, yeah, it's super ghetto. Boulder like over by like ghetto. was it like Arizona Charlie's and like yeah yeah, yeah. I'm right by there, bro. Yeah, but like my apartment complex is super nice. It's like right by the hospital. You know, yeah, yeah. I know exactly hospital. where you're talking I'm about. Right next to that, dude. And then the road right behind the hospital is Boulder, dude. You hear sirens twenty four seven throughout the night. Yeah, it's getting bad, dude. It's, it's crazy, bad. man. It's just well, the drug it is. You know, like more people, I like. Hey, like religion in this but more people do need God you know what I'm saying just right. a foundation of like firm values and beliefs because too many people right. are just living reckless now bro. you know it's that it's um yeah I mean obviously like that's the that's the eternal solution right and yeah. it's like yeah people need faith our society is like degrading because there's no baseline of I mean like morals and values used to be something like everybody kind of agreed on like yeah. Now, like the right and the left, atheism, place, Christianity, yeah. like everything's just separating yeah. from these morals and values. And it's, yeah. I mean, you could see it in the culture. Like, um, in a lot of places, like I, I grew up in the Midwest. Yeah. Where you grew up here, right? Yeah. Yeah. Rains, yeah. So, like, I grew up in the Midwest, like the Bible Belt. Yeah. You know, a lot of, and I'm not saying like if you're a Republican, like you're automatically a Christian, yeah. but you come with a set of values that are like kind of established by for that sure, faith. For sure. And the way you govern and lead is with your uh, values and beliefs, right? And stuff. Whereas like with with the left, it, it tends to seem like they don't have any kind of established faith. 100%. So they just kind of go with the flow. Yeah. And you can see it. Like you can see it in LA. You can see yeah. it in San Francisco. You can see it in Las Vegas. Like you can 100%. see it in New York City. And then you see these places that that govern a certain way yeah. and you know they're they're on the uphill like they're yeah. they're inclining now everything's gradually just getting worse and worse yeah 100 but i see what you're saying bro honestly look at the democratic states once again hate to bring any like politics or anything into this but dude you just put the nail you know the hammer on the nail all those states are just look at cali bro i hate to say it's going yeah. complete shit dude I have family that lives in San Francisco, Petaluma and stuff. You get yeah. homeless people, needles all over the freaking crazy. ground, dude. Yeah. You can't walk your kid down the road because there's freaking 10 heroin needles, you know? Yeah. Bums that pee and poop everywhere. It's just crazy now, man. It's sad. And um, did you see the, the deal with Nancy Pelosi's husband? No, I saw, I heard something. Yeah, he got... He got attacked uh, in their house, and the yeah. guy like beat him with a hammer or something, yeah, which is just crazy. Like I don't condone, this. I don't condone that at all. Yeah, uh, I think that's horrible, but yeah, it should have been Nancy. 
bro no but but no he uh but the guy that beat him was like where's nancy like where's nancy oh, no way. so he was looking for nancy and you know and i saw i watched cnn because i, I want to see what what Their cnn has to say. Yeah. yeah and you know obviously and the right does it too like yeah. they look at his post like oh this guy is a 2020 election conspirator which i don't even think it's a conspiracy i think it's just one of those things that like one day we'll know what happened. For sure. But right now, anybody that dissents against it, like, because I don't personally think the 2020 election was like super legitimate. Rigged. Oh no, 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 no! I was, I was gonna say, are you saying it's not super rigged? Because I was gonna say that, bro. I, I don't bro, think it was legitimate. All invalid. All the votes from home and stuff. My, my and grandma whatever. was in a nursing home. She's not even competent to vote. She's never voted once in her life. Yeah. And was signed up to vote, registered as a Democrat, and voted for Biden. Along with every single person at nursing home. Yeah. Like, who set that up? Bro, my family's all Republican, bro. And freaking uh, my aunts, who are like diehard Republicans, same thing happened to them, bro. They got, they didn't vote at all, though. But they got turned in as Democratic votes. It's like, how did that happen? They didn't even vote, dude. It's nuts. Yeah, and then, um, well, in like California, like, I still get stuff, like, I could still vote in California. And I'm registered to vote in Nevada. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. I mean, I'm a registered Republican, but yeah. I could still vote in California. California. Yeah, That's and I get crazy. all the I get all the Democrat and Republican stuff. All the stuff all the time coming in. But isn't that crazy? Like I voted in other states, and I don't get any of their you stuff. You technically vote in both if you want to. Yeah. That's crazy, dude. Yeah, they haven't updated that. That's wild. I don't. I I make yeah. sure like anytime I get a California ballot in the mail, I throw it away. A hundred percent. But like they're sending California ballots to my to Nevada, Nevada address. address. That's crazy. <laughs> How man. nuts is that? That's insane. It's crazy. Democratic stuff they're saying too. Huh? A lot of times, yeah. Wild, um, no, it's it's nuts and yeah. So, but I was watching what CNN was saying and they were like. Um, you know, like, oh, how do these high-ranking officials not have security for their family? Which I agree with. I agree. How do? How does the Speaker of the House's husband not have a security detail? 100%, bro. But here's the problem. It's San Francisco. Anybody can get their house broken into. And, and that's anywhere, right? Yeah. This could have happened to anybody. This happens to people all the time. Yeah. And we don't talk about it because this is Nancy Pelosi's husband. But... Okay, they can afford private security. The government can pay for them to have private security. Like, the fact that it's even a conversation, yeah. that they can have private security. But other people can't. Yeah. Because they're not a ranking official in the United States government's family member, like, they are not allowed to protect themselves in San Francisco. Because you can't have a concealed carry in San Francisco. You like shoot someone if they break in your house. And no, they have, like, they have, like, uh, the castle laws are, like, basically you have to flee in San Francisco. If you break in Nancy Pelosi's security, you can sue somebody. It's crazy. But if you have a regular house, regular person, someone breaks in, you can't do nothing. How nuts is that? That's insane, bro. I didn't even know that. That's wild. I mean, I don't know exactly what the laws are, but San Francisco has some of the strictest gun laws. That's crazy. And like, I know in California, statewide, unless you bought a gun in that state, you cannot buy ammo, and your ammo has to be for that state, I believe. Or for, or for that gun, I mean. That's crazy, bro. So like, if I, like if I go buy a 12-gauge tomorrow in California, yeah. or if I bought a 12-gauge here... I could not buy the shells in, in California. California. That's wild. Hey, man, it's crazy. Everything's going to shit, you know, I hate to say it. That's why, honestly, I just try to focus on fighting, business, and just, you know, myself. Yeah. You know, because really, you can, we can't control anything else nowadays. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, you can be the best you, try to make the other people around you the best versions of themselves, and that's all we can do, you know? Yeah. It's crazy, bro. A, a guy I watch, a, a, actually a financial guy. I don't know if you're familiar with Dave Ramsey. Yeah, yeah, I know Dave Ramsey. Yeah. But he has a podcast, too. Doesn't he have a podcast? You've been on t- on it? No, or, I said, doesn't he have a podcast, yeah, yeah, too? Yeah, 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 yeah. I was like, bro, you've not been on no, Dave Ramsey. No, no, bro, I'm not anything, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but he says, like, it's more important what goes on in your house than in the White House. 110%, bro. Because that's so your true. values, your stuff, you know? Yeah. You can't control the outside world. Unfortunately, we can't control what's going on, you know what I'm saying? But we can control what we do and how we, you know, affect the people around us, you know? Right. No, for, for sure. sure. Were you on, was it season 29 of The Ultimate Fighter? Yeah, Ultimate Fighter season 29. Was that? Uh, Team Volk. Alexander Volkanovski, Brian Ortega. Who was your coach? I was with Volkanovski. How was that? Man, Volkanovski. You want to talk about just a blue-collar hard worker, bro? Listen, I've lived at the Olympic Training Center. I've lived around the best athletes in my life. I've seen hard, the hardest workers work. Bro, I've never seen anybody work as hard as Alexander Volkanovski. Really? Bro, insane. 
every day, dude. He would be at the gym an hour before having his own practice. And then we'd show up and we'd have our practice and he would hop in and work with us in our practice every day, dude. And then he had Ortega on the other hand who would show up 30 to hour minute, 30 minutes to an hour late every day, bro, the whole show. Really? Practices. And I really just think that shows <coughs> why Alexander Volkanovski is a pound for pound goat, bro. It's not like because he has these crazy skills, which he does. He's one of the smartest, has the highest fight IQs in the game. Yeah. But just because, bro, it comes down to hard work. And my man works so hard, bro. And be able to see that and, like, take that in and be like a sponge with Volkanovski was a game changer, bro. I really feel like that helped me a lot. Even I, though we didn't get the sorry, even though we didn't get the results we won on uh, Ultimate Fighter, man, the knowledge and just the experience we got from it, I feel like made me a lot, a lot better for person fighter. Yeah, general, you know. Now, are you saying that about Ortega just to promote your guy, or was he really like just? Bro, it no, was night and day difference. Night and day <clears throat> difference, bro. Really? No, no beef with Ortega. Ortega's a super cool dude too. You know, he's young, cool guy. Uh, but, bro, he showed up 30 minutes to an hour late every day for his team, bro. Every oh, day, bro, gosh. for five weeks straight, every day. And Volkanovski literally showed up and had his own practice for an hour every day. And, and then, then hopped coach. in our practice. Not just coach, bro, but hopped in our oh, practice. Oh, he jumped coach in. And jumped in and worked his ass off, bro. That's and it would push us. You know, and just being able to see that, bro, was like, it was inspiring, you know, because anybody can really do this, bro. And fighting, anyone can really do this. It comes down to hard work, believe in yourself, and just, you know. What's his specialty? Cause bro, he's great everywhere, dude. Yeah, he's he just really one of those. very well rounded. Because he's the only guy, is he the only champion right now that's not a specialist? I would say so, bro. You got Izzy, who's a striker, <clears throat> Islam, wrestler, you know. Uh, well, let's just go down. I mean, let's go 25. 25, Brandon. Figueredo. Or Figueredo. He's stri- a jiu-jitsu. jiu-jitsu striker. Yeah. You know, and then 35 is a uh, wrestler. wrestler. 45 is it's uh, Volk. Volk, yeah. So bro, Makachev at 55, wrestler. Sambo, wrestler. 70, Leon, striker. Striker. Uh, but that's been dominated by wrestlers. Yeah, the, Kamaru, the whole the whole time. Kamaro wrestler, Kobe wrestler. You know well, even saying? before Kamaro, you GSP. had GSP, uh, Woodley. Woodley. Um, what was his uh, uh, Hendrix before yeah. that? Matt Sarah, like a lot of like, just wrestlers, bro. One seventy's been stacked with wrestlers. One hundred percent, good sign. Eighty five, Izzy, kickboxer, kickboxer. Two hundred five is uh, is a Jerry Prohaska. Striker, striker, heavyweight Francis Striker. Yeah, yeah, man. Not in his last fight though. Yeah, no wrestling, bro. He's leveling up. But dude, honestly, Volkanovski's really good everywhere, bro. And what I'm telling you right now too, that separates him from everybody, bro. It's just his fight IQ, dude. Yeah. He knows when to strike. He knows when to wrestle. He knows when to just mix it up. And if you watch his fight, his last fight with Holloway, bro, he destroyed him. That was just a beautiful display of Volk's fight IQ, bro. He would go, bro, one of my favorite setups I see him do on Volk, or on Holloway, jab, low kick, just simple stuff, jab, low kick, jab, low kick, switch to southpaw, bam, crying, and then, all right, so he'd throw his jab, low kick, Holloway throw a jab, jab, low kick, Holloway throw a jab, he threw a jab, low kick, switch to southpaw, split the jab with the cross, and that's all just him making those reach, bro, yeah. just going, just little things that, you know, regular people not might not catch on to, but... You know, we fight, we can see those little things. It's like, bro, that's genius, you know? It's crazy. And he just flows and makes it yeah. all look so effortless. Bro, Max Holloway is one of the pound-for-pound goats, He's you know? He's a stud, man. And Volk came in there and made him look like he wasn't even on the same level, which is insane because Holloway does that to everyone else he fights. Yeah, you know? and, and there's a gap. Yeah. At 145, there's a gap. 100%, bro. And he And Volk, the last... Because I, I, I didn't watch... I watched some of the highlights for the first two fights, but... It's pretty split, right? Like, yeah, a lot of people yeah. think that Holloway won some, and a lot of people think that uh, Volk won. Yeah, 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 no, that whole fight series was, you know, very split. But then you watch his last fight, bro, not even that close. was just the icing on the cake that sealed that Volk yeah. now sees the best, and he's going to keep getting better. Yeah, not and, man, close. I'm going to go out on a limb right now, and I'm going to say I think he beats Islam, too. You think bro. so? I think so. Volk is strong as shit, bro. Yeah, he's... We were all 85-pounders, bro, and Volk is one. He's super hard to take down. Yeah. You know, uh, and if you take him down... Dude, he gets right back up. Yeah. You know, and uh, I think it'll be a problem for Islam. Yeah, he's shorter, but dude, that doesn't Not mean much. it's a disadvantage either. Not you much. You know, my man's good again inside. He's very smart. I think when it comes to striking, I think he's on a whole different level than Islam. 
Uh, you know, and I think if Islam takes him down, I think Volk gets back up over and over again, and I think he frustrates Islam. I think he'll also knock Islam out, bro. You think so? I think so. I think so. Yeah. I don't I know. Mean, it'll then, be interesting. And the whole 55s will be stacked because, you know, if that happens, and now you got Poirier, now you got Gaethje, now you got I think Oliveira still yeah, in the mix. I, I, don't, I don't think Poirier and Gaethje are going to fight for a title anytime soon. I nah, think it's going to be Benil, so. yeah. and I think Oliveira's going to oh, get Benil, back in Yeah, Benil too, bro. He's a savage too. Yeah. 55 stacked is crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. 55 is super stacked. Yeah, and then you've always got Connor that just throws a wrench and everything. Connor. Yeah, 100%, bro. The money fight, you know, everyone wants that. Man, I think Volkanovski really is a pound for pound goat, though. And it was an honor, like, being an ultimate fighter, learning from him, dude. Because even when you're off the show, even when you, like, not off the show, but when you lose, yeah. dude, we're still practicing twice a day. You're still completely cut off from society, so all you do is fight and train. So it's still, like, and another cool thing about Volk, bro, I don't know how other people run their camps, but, dude, Volk has a solid team, like a specialist for everything, bro. He right. brought them all on the show where he had his wrestling specialist. He had his jiu-jitsu specialist, Craig Jones. Yeah, Craig. Wrestling Mark specialist, Frank Kickman. Okay. Jiu-jitsu, he brought in Craig. That's his jiu-jitsu guy, Craig Jones. Strength and conditioning, he has Woody. And then he has his head coach. So he has a head person that runs each different, different – Discipline. Yeah, each discipline that he does, you know? Yeah. And these guys are all high-level guys. So it's not just the fact that Volk is the man. It's the fact that he surrounds himself with these guys that are all specialists on what they do. Yeah. You know, and they're all brilliant minds themselves, and they're just good people, dude. Well, dude, that, that gym, was it City Kickboxing yeah, in, City in New Kick Zealand? Box. Yeah, yeah. They're just putting out some killers, killers man. Bro. Killers, killers. Like, it seems like everybody's going over there and just getting crazy. I mean, yeah, it's nuts. I mean, because they got, they got Izzy, they got Volk. Brad Riddle, they got... Uh, Dude, they got so many people. Like Kai Car France, Carlos Uberg. Is um what's his name's not uh um eighty five uh former champ. Why am I, Robert Whitaker. Is he is he over there? Nah, he's no. not sitting. Oh no, because he's okay, he's he's, he's Australia. He's uh, Australia. There's another gym in Australia that's doing the same. But he's always with Volk, so I'm like Yeah, no, are they, they're all in the same little region, you know. Yeah, because New Zealand, Australia, Australia, there's a big like Yeah, yeah. that's a pond basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they're always training together and stuff. Uh but, dude, another big thing where they all go and train, Tiger Muay Thai in Thailand. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, that's right across from them, too, you know. And so, dude, you got all those, like, all Volk's team came from Tiger Muay Thai besides Craig Jones. Frank and them, Tiger Muay Thai, Woody, strength and conditioning coach Tiger Muay Where's Thai. Tiger at? So, it's in somewhere in Thailand. But Okay, that's right. Actually, yeah. Tiger just. That's where Jan's at. Yeah. Yeah, Peter they just split. And started their own gym. So Frank Hickman, his brother, started their own gym in Thailand. And so now <coughs> all the people that are at, like Tiger, are all going there. I forget the name of it. So there's a lot of overlap there. there. Yeah. Dude, MMA is so... Like, everyone knows everyone. There's, oh, there's no way to get around, like... like it's one degree of separation for everyone that is an actual fighter. 100%. It's everyone crazy. Everyone knows someone that knows somebody you know yeah. what I'm saying they're all connected somehow it's like a big world but it's a very small community you know yeah what um, now when you when you were on the ultimate fighter what um what was that process like like is it true you can't even have a bible on the show you can have a bible and that's it like, like any like it's like a religious text right yeah, like so if any you, religious text you know you can have you know anything because they used to not let people have bibles yeah. i remember yeah um because i think uh Justin Wren tried to bring his Bible on and they wouldn't let him. Yeah, and I remember that was like a big deal. Yeah, I remember that now too. But, um, and you can't have any contact, right? They don't give you Bro, no Fighter phone calls? Super weird. So I'll tell you about the Ultimate Fighter. Okay. I'll take anything away from Trey Sean, but I feel like, you know, we'd be in a whole different spot right now. But, uh, man, it's really weird. So you don't know you're on the Ultimate Fighter like 110% until like three days before you go on the show. What? So they'll send you out. They'll call you like, hey, you're on the show. Okay. So they don't know. You're in the freaking air for five months, bro, not knowing 110% if you're going to be on Ultimate Fighter. Then they let you know. The only reason I knew on the, I was on the show before is because my girlfriend used to work at this bar. And the two of the biggest producers, the two main, main producers were at her bar. And they're flirting with her and stuff. And she was like, oh, well, my boyfriend's a fighter. And they're like, yeah, sure he is. Everyone's a fighter. And then she's like, no, really, he's about to be on the Ultimate Fighter. And they're the Ultimate Fighter producer. And they're like, oh, really? What's his name? And she was like, Ryder Newman. And the producers were like, 
Oh shit! Yeah. Oh yeah, he yeah, is yeah, yeah, he's he's like, the Ultimate Fighter, and then they're like, <laughs> she could have really screwed that up. For you know what I'm saying? They didn't want to be wrong that bad. And then they were like, oh shit, you know? And they're like, call him, call him. So she calls me on my phone. She's like, hey, I'm here with Gary DeFranco. I'm like, what? Yeah. And she's like, here's here's Gary, and Gary's like, yeah, you're on the show. Oh so he gosh. told me that five days before. Everyone else found out three days before, bro. So it's a really trip because you don't know, bro. You don't know you're gonna be on the Ultimate Fighter. Literally. Freaking 40, 72 hours before. That's dude. crazy. And so then you go in this, then you get a, get on a show. And what we had to do, we had a week of quarantine, bro, in the hotel. Oh, because so this was during COVID. Yes, I remember bro. when you went, I remember we hadn't met yet, but I remember they sent you off and dude, we like broke it off on you or something like that. And like, that process was stupid too, bro. So you go in a house, so you go in a hotel for a week before you move in the house. And that week, dude, you cannot leave your hotel room. You can only leave your hotel room to work out in the hotel gym. <laughs> so here you are supposed to fight for the biggest contract UFC contract and you get put in a house for a week where you can't train you have to stay in your room you can only work out in the gym yeah, and so dude that was really trippy and then everything happens really fast so after that week of quarantine then you go you have a media day media day is cool you get to see all the other guys that are going to be on the show you know um, meet them talk to them and stuff and then the that same day is media day, like after you're done with all media day or tryouts. So you go on, do the tryouts, and then after tryouts, you find out the first four fights, you know? And how the fights happen, man, on the show, it makes it look like it's weekly. But, dude, they have four fights at a time. So, okay, so, you know, did the tryouts. I got selected first pick on Team Volkanowski. Uh, then we do all the picks, and then after you do the team picks, then you do the first four matches and how the first four matches work. Okay, so all the media day tryouts happen on Tuesday. Bro, the fights happen on Thursday. Or Thursday, or it was, it was Friday. Yeah. So we had three days <coughs> to train with Volk, two days to train with Volk before the first round of fights. And a week of not training at and all. A it's week not of like not training at all, bro. That's and then, crazy. And then you hop in and you do the first four fights. And then you get a week and a half break. And then the second four fights happen. And then it's the uh, semifinals like a week after that. There, how many guys are on the show? 16 total. Eight bandweights, eight middleweights. Okay. So it's four four middleweights and four bandweights each team. You know, so that was just a really, dude, it was a really crazy process. And I feel like that messed me up big time because I I love routine, bro. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Even if I don't, even if I'm out of my routine, uh, you know, like, I like being able to make up with it with hard work, you know. We were limited practices, limited time, right. you know. Like, I can't say I like routine because all my pro fights have been without coaches and other people's stakes, right. bro. You know what I'm saying? Their hometowns, and there really wasn't much routine. But it's just the Ultimate Fighter is weird, bro, how everything happened. Yeah. It's like you don't have a training camp, really. You know, you're training, but you really don't know if you're going to be on the show. So do you really want to go super hard because right. there's a chance you're not going to be on the show, too? Right. And then you, everything happens. It's like, damn, we're here. And then it's crazy, bro. You meet Dana White. You freaking start training. Two days later, you're freaking stepping in the UFC apex. And the ultimate fighter is super quiet. <laughs> like, you walk out. No noise. You hear a pin drop, dude. And you get in the cage. And there's Dana White right there. Right behind the guy you're about to fight. Yeah. And it's like, this is a trippy event, bro. But, uh, yeah, Ultimate Fire is crazy, bro. For five weeks, no phones, no TVs, no radios, completely cut off from the world. It was also really trippy for me because the Ultimate Fire House is actually right by Extreme Couture. Yeah. So every day we would drive to the UFC Apex twice a day. I, we had passed Extreme Couture every day. Yeah. And, dude, I'd see my teammates going in the you just want to, you just, hey, I just want to roll down one of them. You know, I won my first fight. And then freaking no, man, it's just crazy. Like I said, man, it's probably an experience I'd never ever want to do again. But uh, I'm very grateful for it, bro, because it really made me level up as a fighter. After the Ultimate Fighter happened, dude, before the Ultimate Fighter, I never had a coach I worked with. I never had a striking coach. Really, I did bang Muay Thai classes every day and pro practices for five years, and so or four years. And then after the Ultimate Fighter, I was like, dude. I fuck I fucking belong with these guys. You know yeah. what I'm saying? These guys that I could beat just got UFC contracts and I didn't, so I put a chip on my shoulder. So that's when I started working out with Nate and stuff, started yeah. hitting pads and doing a short man. amount of time. Nate's amazing, bro. In a short amount of time 
from the ultimate fighter to my first fight after the ultimate fighter, I leveled up drastically, you know, uh, and it's a real big, big, huge shout out to Nate Pettit, man, because he's one of the best, uh, it's, he's one of the most underrated coaches in the game. Nate's a bitch sometimes. You know, I'd say Nate could be an absolute cunt, bro. <laughs> but I freaking love the guy, and he's helped yeah, no, me he's... and helped me evolve as a fighter so much, bro. I went from Ultimate Fighter, where when I fought Trey Sean, it was kind of just like not much happening, you know, to where that next fight, I went out there and knocked a dude down 25 seconds. And then the fight after that, I fought a guy who was 14 and 4. Who's beating five guys in the UFC, bro? Yeah, on Eagle. On you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and, I just watched and that fight on actually. Eagle, bro. <laughs> that guy's Manny Wall is a killer, bro. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And uh, bro, if I fought Manny how I fought in the Ultimate Fighter, I would have got knocked out. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But because <clears throat> after Ultimate Fighter, I had a chip on my shoulder and I made a lot of changes. You know, started working yeah. with people. Bro, I beat a really good guy. And now I feel like I'm in a position now to where you got the rub. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm got a, the rope. I'm, I'm in a good spot, bro. You know, I feel like my striking's leveled up tremendously, bro. I yeah. feel like my wrestling's great, you know. I feel like jiu-jitsu's good. I feel like you I'm just in, well. Yeah, I feel like I'm in a great spot in my career, bro, to really make some noise. And we're just going to keep getting better a fight at a time, you know. So, yeah. Ultimate Fire's a trip, bro, but it was a great experience. Now, how do you get on the show? Do you have to send them like a, a picture with your shirt off or something? Or did you did you <laughs> just much, send them? Bro. You just sent them that. Man, how did they that didn't happen? even ask for that. You just sent them. You're like, so I knew there was gonna be Ultimate Fighter, bro. I remember, and I was talking to Eric, and Eric's like, "Okay, I'll talk to Gary. I know the guy who runs the Ultimate Fighter." And so Nick Sick reached out to Gary, and then Brad Tavares used to be on the one of the OG Ultimate Fighters, you know? Yeah. He was really close with Gary, so he reached out to Gary, and then like a week later, <clears throat> Gary was like, hey, man, gave me a phone call, a little interview, and then uh, from there, we did like three more like phone call interviews with different people, bro, and then uh, yeah. it just starts living and living. I think overall, there was 1,500 fighters that applied for Ultimate Fighter, yeah. and uh, only 16 of us got on, bro. Were you two and one or three and one when you? I was three and one at the time, okay. so I was on three fight win streak. So I lost my pro debut, bro, which is the whole story itself. That was just a mess, dude. I tried yeah. cutting down a lightweight. I had a pop bursa sack, so my oh. elbow was completely swollen, bro. I couldn't move my damn arm. But at that time in my life, too, bro. So I just lost. <clears throat> Might as well get a little quick story in. Yeah, yeah go ahead, man. We got. So I was six and zero as an amateur, bro, and like I had five finishes. I was just smoking people, bro. You know what I'm saying? I won four amateur titles. I was just smoking people, dude. And then uh, I fought Josh Clinton at the Thomas and Mac mm -hmm. in front of 17,000 people, bro. And you know who Josh Clinton is? He's 3-0 uh, in the UFC. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's knocked yeah. out everybody he's fought. Is he 85 or 70? 70 now. Oh, okay. But uh, <clears throat> we fought, bro. He drops me. It was an early stoppage in front of 17,000 people, bro. And, you know, I'm used to being... I grew up my whole life being a fighter, so that was, like, detrimental, you know, on my first loss. This is your pro I debut. thought I was invincible. No, this is my last amateur fight in front of 17,000 people in my home city. And, uh, dude, it happened so quick. I'll never forget. 17,000 people, bro. It's the craziest walk I've ever had in my life. I was the main event. It was insane. This guy, I was undefeated, 6-0, 5 finishes. <laughs> he was 5-0, five, 5 finishes. It was just a fight, you know what I'm saying? And, uh. Bro, I got in there, and I just, my mind wasn't in the right place. You know, I was used to just mismashing people. And I thought this guy was just going to kind of lay down a little bit, too. You know, no, bro, this guy came out freaking swinging. Ended up catching me, dropping me. I went in double leg, ref stopped it. So, bro, I was in a really low spot after that. And then I was like, man, I, to prove to myself that I have to fight another good dude to beat him in my pro debut, which is retarded. No, I don't. People don't care about, really, people don't care about other, the people you fight's records, bro. They just care if you win or lose. Right. But I had so much pride. I had the same. I had to fight someone tough, bro. So I'm trying to fight all these people in eight months, bro. Eight months. I had like 30 guys say no to me. And then... I have some coach hit me up like, hey, this guy said he'll fight you at 160, da-da-da-da. Keep talking. He's uh, undefeated, 5-0, five, no, five finishes, two. His name's Mitch Ramirez. Shout out to Mitch. And then uh, I was like, yeah, I'll fight him. Fuck it. I'll cut down to 160. Like, whatever. Bro, I was like 195 at the time. Oh, my gosh. And I cut down to 160 in three and a half weeks, bro, which is absolutely brutal. F that, no. Dude, I felt... 
and I never cut weight in wrestling, bro. So this is like my first time really cutting weight. Yeah. It was awful. And then to happen, I popped my burst sack in my elbow like two weeks before the fight, bro. So my elbow's completely swollen with fluid. Go and get it drained three days before the fight. Swif, swells back up, yeah. dude. So it's like, whatever, I'm just going to fight with it. And then, dude, a week before I fight, I'm sparring Max. And me and him both take a shot at the same time. I think it's because I was cutting away and I didn't have enough water. It knocked me out, bro. Oh, the geez. week before the fight, so I got a concussion. Bro, and I was in this place, too, in my head where I wasn't, like, <clears throat> really, like, I feel like the coaches kind of abandoned me. I feel like everyone abandoned me. So, I didn't want to say no to this fight because it's like, bro, I got to fight. I got to fight. And then I went out there, bro. <laughs> it was the worst performance of my life, bro. I got knocked out and, like, and I got, I mean, I got ice, bro. I got ice. I was yeah. crumpled over my feet. Dude hit me with a mean hook. My right side, I couldn't hold my, I couldn't bend my arm. Couldn't like even this, bend bro. it, yeah. I couldn't bend my arm because my elbow swung fluid, so my hand was down here. I couldn't put it out, bro. He just hit you with a hook. Bro, hit me with a nasty hook. I crumpled. And then, bro, the back-to-back losses, losing my last amateur fight, losing my pro debut was I feel like a lot of people would have quit, bro, especially how it happened because, bro, I went from 6-0, fighting in front of 17,000 people, losing that fight, to going to fight in a pro debut, losing my pro debut after a six-fight win streak, and everyone's talking you up like you're the next greatest thing. And then at the point, you know, I hate to say it, but I feel like I had a lot of coaches, a lot of people in my corner, and then after those losses, bro, it just, everyone, I felt kind of abandoned me straight just up. turned away. You know what I'm saying? And, uh... So then after that, bro, I got offered to fight this guy, Chris Crosby in Florida, who's 3-0, black belt jiu-jitsu. And I think this Florida, I don't think, I know this Florida company just wanted me to fly out there because I think this dude was going to beat me up. Bro, yeah. I flew out there, beat, or actually after my pro debut loss, I fought some guy in Laughlin and put him away in like 30 seconds, bro. He was kind of a scrub. He was 0-0. Zero, zero. He was like 2-3 and three as an amateur or something. I put him away in like 30 seconds and then... I got offered that fight in Florida, went out there, beat that guy. Uh, and then they try to offer me this other guy who was 4-0 at the time, Brandon Lopez. And so I flew out there again and beat their guy. And that's when I got on the ultimate fighter. But, bro, those fights were crazy because that fight, that first fight in Florida, dude, I had no coaches. I had no teammates out there with me. I flew out there, and I had some random gym coach in my corner, dude. Yeah. Like some random coach in a gym. I flew out there by myself, bro. No coach, no teammates. Had some random ass dude from a gym in Florida corner me. That's <laughs> on my last Against a 3 0 black belt yeah. jujitsu, you know what I'm saying? His hometown. And then did that, and then they flew me out there again to, I think they thought I was going to lose to this guy, beat him, and then we we're 3 and 1, and that's when the whole Ultimate Fighter thing happened. Gotcha. You know, and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and your next fight was on Eagle? Yeah, so after the Ultimate Fighter, I fought for fierce fighting championships and. Uh, Utah, which is sick because it's at the Maverick Center, which is like their big basketball stadium. Yeah, yeah. The jazz, that's where the cool, Jazz bro. play, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Super cool atmosphere, bro. Utah fans are amazing. Utah fans are crazy. They love them, man. Yeah. You'll probably, you probably probably won't hear a single bad word in the crowd either. Oh, <laughs> with no, all man. the Mormons. Utah people are so cool, dude. No, <laughs> you know, these great people. I mean, dude, I knocked the, the dude out, Cole Schaefer, and his family came up to me or taking pictures with me. The uncle wanted to sponsor me and stuff. <laughs> like, he's like, bro, I just knocked out your nephew, dude. Yeah. And they're just super cool people, bro. But then it's after that fight, that's when we got the fight with Eagle. So this is where it gets crazy, too. So I get the fight with Eagle, beat Manny Wallow, bro. I signed a six-figure co- fight contract, bro. A six-figure fight contract. Four fights, $180,000. Wow. Bro, Eagle's a Russian entity, and the oh, Russian war happens, bro. So that's why you're fighting that's for why, That's why. Tough enough? Yes, dude. So here I go from, bro. My whole story's been up and down, up and down. I finally won <coughs> a good win streak. I beat this freaking veteran. And Ali Abeladiza signs me for dominance. And then he offers me a six-figure fight contract. I'm like, finally, bro. $180,000. Four fights. I'll bust it out in a year. They yeah. promised me, you know, be fighting every other month, every three months, whatever we want. We're going to have shows every month. Bro, after that fight, Russia and Ukraine gets in a war. So is Eagle done right now? Yes, bro. Oh, my yes, gosh. Yes, dude. Oh. So it really screwed me up, bro, because here I am. I'm like, finally, dude, like all the hard work. Thank you, God. You know what I'm saying? $180,000, four fights. I finally did it, you know, like all this hard work. Bro, to find out. 
the Russian war happened, now their show's canceled, and now here I am back on the regional scene and tough enough to where I first started. Dude, you losing your contract might be the worst thing I've heard happen from the Russian war. Bro, <laughs> just bro. Just you kidding. know, Ukraine's getting it bad, but man, come on, Ukraine. Ryder, Show some love. Ryder, Ryder, Newman. Tell me for me, not Ukraine. <laughs> Probably get canceled. But no, dude, you know what I'm saying? It's crazy. It's terrible. $180,000, bro, right there in your face. And it's like, dude, this is something I've been sacrificing my life my whole time. <clears throat> And then all of that just to come crumbling before me. And then now be back on the regional scene, bro. It's just like, it's crazy, man. But That's I look at it as a blessing, dude, because my plan is I want to beat this guy. Then we have a fight set up for the Challenger Series. Yeah. You know, and... Uh, Beginning of the year next year. Yeah, February. Yeah, and then we we'll beat that guy, bro. And then my plan is, dude, I want to get on Contender Series and then get in the UFC next year. I feel like... Because, bro, I mean, how much better do you get after each fight? You get so much better. You get yeah. so much better, bro. So my plan is after this fight, I know I'll get a lot better. And then after this next fight in February, one fight at a time. But after this next fight in February, I know I'll get so much better. I know we'll, we're right there, bro. I mean, you train at the gym. You see all of us. We're all yeah. right there, bro. You're right there. We're all neck neck to being great, you know? Yeah. No, no. I mean, I think there's like 30 guys right now that in the next five years will be top 10 in the UFC. Like, For it's, sure, bro. It's crazy. But there's also, you know, it can go the other way. You just never know what, what guys are going to do. Some guys get married. Some guys have kids. Like Life, bro. Sometimes yeah. you have a fight, just go shitty. Yeah. You know? it's, it's, like, it's like an MMA career, you know, kind of like a any kind of wrestling career or anything is like, you know, they say, it, you know, at the end of an NCAA season, like, the guys that win it aren't always the best guys. They're just the guys that were able to get through it. A hundred percent. Do like, you know Sorry yeah. to go off of that, but no, you're good. one of the things Dennis told me when I first started MMA, he was like, the people that make it in the sport are the people that last the longest. Yeah. And that will always resonate it's a marathon. with me, bro, because now you see all these people. Bro, Chris Curtis is a prime example. Oh, my gosh. Chris has had the craziest story, bro. Knocks a dude out with a spinning heel kick on the Contender Series. Still doesn't get a contract. Yeah. You know, goes back to the regional scene. You know, doesn't have a good stint in the PFL retires that same night, comes back out after retirement because he got it, had a fight, gets knocked out. Yeah. And then, you know, the UFC was just stopped. And then he goes on a tear, beats like five guys on regional scene, still the UFC doesn't knock to him. And then he finally gets in the UFC, bro, after freaking 20 years of training MMA. He's got Phil Haas. now look at him, bro. Yeah. Freaking top 15 in the world, you know. And yeah. It's because he never gave up, bro. Yeah. No, I actually, I had him on here. Um, I haven't done a podcast in a while, but he was like two or three episodes back. But yeah, he told the whole story. He had, I thought, you know, Chris is 36, 37 years old. I thought he had like 10 grand in the bank. Yeah. Which as a 37-year-old is like, yeah, that's not much. much. That's yeah. po- below the poverty line, right? He had 10. Jeez. $10. Jesus, bro. I was like, what? Yes. <laughs> how bro, many? Bro. He's like, I had $10 in the bank. And I had rent. And then the UFC called me. That guy has been living paycheck to paycheck. His whole life. Bro. Yeah, I'm like, if I get to that point, I'll quit you know, you know way before that. Like I'm, I wrestled in college. Like if my skills don't show up, I'm done. In the cage, you know, at a certain point, like soon, I'm, it's just not gonna happen. Like I'm not gonna wait it out as long as Chris is. But good for him, man. Yeah, like, man, it's a really crazy story. And there's multiple other people, bro. At the gym, Justin yeah. James is another one that finally got in the UFC after a long time. You know. It really is the people that last the longest yeah. in the sport, bro. But I really think we have some of the special extreme picture, bro. I feel like we got a lot of up-and-comers that are going to be a problem, like you said, next yeah. two to five years. There's going to be a lot of noise made. Um, Dude, Francis probably has the craziest story. Francis probably does have the craziest story. Francis is such a good, humble person, bro. He'd yeah. probably even do something like this with you straight up. I, yeah, I, I probably. I, I don't know if he even knows my Francis name, but really I see him all the time. Francis is a really nice guy. I remember when I was 20, because I knew I wanted to be an MMA fighter when I was 20. And I saw Francis, I think it was right when he knocked out Overeem. And I was like, dude, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight that guy one time, <laughs> one day. And then I see Francis in real life oh, five years God. later. I'm like, hell no, I'm staying at 205. <laughs> There's not, a, like, I'm not going to heavyweight. He's no way. Like, I'm like, okay, I thought Stipe, like, Stipe and I step on the scale around the same weight. We are not the same size. Like, he's a way bigger guy. Like, I'm small. I'm like, I'm 205. 205 is good. Heavyweights are so big, dude. It's crazy. Yeah. If people are asking me, like, oh, do you fight 185? I probably shouldn't be fighting Francis. <laughs> up, He's bro. too big. I think you'd be a big-ass 85er, though, bro. But 205 is perfect for you. You're still I'm like, big I'm like 235, man. I can't, yeah. Big, you're a big 205 or two, bro. Yeah. You're perfect 205. I've been training with uh, Nikolai a lot. 
Yeah, man, you can there, buy. Good. I don't even know how to say his last name. UFC from, Institute. Yeah, and yeah. Stuff? yeah. Well, and, and at Couture too. Yeah. But he's great. He's a good wrestling partner. Yeah. Oh, Nikolai Negromino or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. good people, bro. He's, he's a two hundred five or two. I yeah. think you're bigger than him. I train with the same size. Him, Misha, um, Roman Delizde. Yes, uh, Roman Delizde gets in there quite a bit with us. Um, but yeah, Nikolai's the one I've been going with a lot at Couture. Yeah, he's um, in a really good spot right now, bro. So that's good goes for you. Yeah, no, it's cool. Um, well, shoot, man, you got anything else? Any hopes, dreams? You're fi- who are you fighting this weekend? All right, so not, or not, this, not this weekend. November uh, three 20th, weeks. So about November 21 20. days. So about four weeks. I'm fighting uh, this guy Adriano Capitolino. He's from Fusion XL. He's from Florida or from Brazil, but he trains out of Florida. You know, man, this guy. This guy's yeah, I hear that. I'm like, bro. <laughs> just parting straight up. I had some empanadas earlier. I was gonna save you uh, some, but they were sense. too good. Thanks, man. Thanks, bro. I don't count on anything for real. No, you're not right. coming to my birthday party. Yeah, whatever, man. I'm going. Man. You're not coming. I'm going. I told you I'll you can't come. <laughs> I'm not telling you what Chuck E. Cheese it is at. Damn it. Whatever, all of them. But uh, yeah, this guy Adriano Capitolino, bro. You know he's a little bit older. He's 36 or 37 or something. But uh, you know those Brazilians, bro. It doesn't matter how old they are. They're still dangerous. Oh, this guy, gosh. you know, I don't think he's really great anywhere. Yeah. But he's good everywhere. You mm-hmm. know, he has decent striking. He's decent takedowns, decent grappling. You know, so it's a fight that I have to go into, bro. Not one, underestimate him. Two, go in there and be in the best shape I can possibly be. Be focused and just fight my fight, bro. And I think it'll be a good night, a really good night. Yeah. Bro. I think we'll put this guy away. What's his record? He's 9-4. Nine and four. He's nine and four. He's on like a five fight win streak himself. And you know, the quality of guys he's fought. I mean, he's fought some good guys. He's lost some good guys. But I just think this is a really good fight for me to like show off all my skills, bro. Because I think yeah. this guy's going to try wrestling me. I think this guy's going to try striking with me. I think he's going to. So I think this will be a really good fight where I'll actually finally be able to show off my wrestling defense, show right. off my striking. You know what I'm saying? I think I. I think I'll put this guy away, bro. But it'll be a fight, bro. Like You, you know what I'm saying? It's a fist fight, dude. So I'm not sleeping on him at all. We're going to go in there. We're just going to make our reads and fight the fight, man. November and it's at, 20th. it's at Circa? Circa Hotel. Circa. November 20th. So if you, guys, if you guys are in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, Come. November 20th, Circa. Check it out. It'll be fun, man. You see Silva versus Paul last night? Yeah, bro. Was it, it was legit? The scorecards were legit, or was bro, it? Bro, I thought Silva honestly won a lot more rounds than they gave him, too. Really? You know, Silva got dropped in the last round, but I don't know if it was a legit drop either, bro. I think Silva, I think Silva kind of carried the fight a little bit, to be 100% honest. Because when Silva wanted to go, bro, Silva was fucking him up. Really? Silva was fucking him up, and then he would just stop. Yeah. Pitter-patter, pitter-patter. And then when he wanted to go... He would go and be like 20-second spurts of him just yeah. messing Jake up and that's then him was, stopping, bro. That's how he was when he fought, though. Like, he would he would kind of burst and, and go. Like, he would have some lull moments, and then he would just, you know, boom, boom, boom. I don't know, bro. I don't know. You think So you don't think it was a good decision? No, I don't think it was a good decision. One, I thought Silva kind of low-key won the fight. Yeah. And two, uh, man, just watching Anderson Silva, watching him box, like – I don't know. I feel like he could have ended Jake Paul whenever he wanted. Really? Jake, bro, I'm not going to watch that. You, this is how I think people have to beat Jake Paul too, bro, because Jake's used to being the bully. But watching with Anderson Silva last night, bro, when someone starts putting pressure on him and putting heat on him, he, dude, he, he cannot fight on the seals, bro. He backs up, and he, you can tell he's still fresh. He still gets nervous. He, I'm not nervous. Everyone's nervous, but he still gets like little tense. Tense, bro. Yeah. He gets super tense, and he doesn't let his hands go, bro. And, dude, over and over again, Silva would back him up, just put pressure on him. You could tell he was like a deer in headlights, and didn't know what to do. And so I think if someone is going to beat Jake Paul, bro, one, they hopefully they just don't get paid a shit ton of money to lose, you know? But yeah. I hope they just pressure him, bro, because you just got to pressure that guy and bully him. When, yeah. when fighters are bullies, bro, you got to bully them. Sean Strickland. Sean Strickland's a really good bully bullying people yeah but if you want to beat Sean you gotta bully him which is a lot you, I can't do it you know what yeah, I'm you, saying well you gotta also bring the, the skills you, you to back it up skills, too yeah. you know what I'm saying but if you're gonna yeah. beat Sean you gotta bully him and right. kind of beat him at his own game it's not with Jake Paul too bro he comes in there he throws big hard hooks you know he's got heavy hands he'll throw but once you start putting like watching Silver bro once you start putting pressure on him he doesn't know what to do yeah 
So, I mean, I think it was kind of a fixed fight a little bit, bro. Really? It was also kind of it was good boxing, bro. I mean, was it high-level boxing? No. But was it good action? Yeah, there's some good moments on both ends, bro. Jake is getting better. He's legit. He is legit, bro. He's, He's legit. legit. He's getting way better at boxing. I mean, you got that much money and you can pay to train the best guys in the world, you're going to get better. Nobody wants to fight him, though. It's, a, it's so annoying that, like, every... Bro, I think there's a lot of real boxers out there that would love to fight him. But they... But the... But... The problem is he can't fight. He can't fight a. He can't fight a guy that's twenty and zero, right? Which is no. the only guys he's going to be able to get that matches popularity. Yeah. So he has to almost work his way up through the MMA ladder. But and then the two guys that he's gotten to sign the contract didn't show up. Yeah. You know yeah. that Ramen Junior or whatever. Yeah, Hasim or whatever. Make you know didn't make weight. Yeah. And then um, Fury, like, just didn't show yeah, up twice. Fury's not a fighter, bro. Fury's a model. <clears throat> yeah. You know what I'm saying? My man's on level. I don't really think he likes boxing like Tyson, you know what I'm yeah. saying? I think he's more of just a model kind of yeah. fights to say he's a fighter, you know what I'm saying? Fury, if you want the smoke, come and get it, bro. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, he was on Love Island. You were on Ultimate Fighter. Ah, like, like, I, I, who, who made the better hey, choice there? Catch on Love Island next season. No, yeah. <laughs> No, bro, no. I think it was a cool though, man. But I see what you're saying. Jake Paul, Bachelorette. Jake Paul, really. Uh, no, he's great at business, bro. I got mad respect because, dude, when it comes to business, that kid's 25 years old, and he has a very, very... He's super smart. Very good with business. He's super smart. How he runs things, bro. He started his own little management thing, bro. So the fight before him was this little... 18-year-old kid, bro, that signed with Jake Paul, bro, and this kid's a savage. Stud, huh? That kid was a savage, bro. A slick, slick knockout, dude. One yeah. punch. This had this me Mexican guy who was twenty and three with seventeen knockouts, and bro throwing heat at this kid. And the kid slips, 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 comes up, pops him with the hook, drops him, bro. No, out cold. That's crazy. So man, I think Jake is a great businessman, bro. You know, and you gotta yeah. respect his hustle, the way he markets and promotes stuff. The dude's got it, bro. He's twenty five. It's crazy. I'm so glad that this is happening to the boxing community yeah. because can you imagine like. We grew up wrestling, right? You yeah. wrestled at collegiate level. I wrestled at collegiate division yeah. one. Yeah. There is nobody, no matter how popular they are, that's going to go wrestle like, you know, at the, that's going to go, I mean, obviously there's not as much money, yeah. but like, um, what's the senior gra- level, the, the grapple at the garden or whatever. What's oh, the, yeah, yeah. Man, the, uh, uh, the town square one, know you know what I'm talking about, about yeah. or times square. Beat the streets. Beat the streets. Nobody's going to go to beat the streets and, like, make believe that they're a great wrestler. Nobody's going to jump in the UFC and make believe, like, going to headline the UFC. But because boxing has structured itself in such a corrupt way, you got all these organizations and belts. Like, if the MMA, if MMA starts cross-promoting, that's, yeah. it's done. 100%. Nobody's going to know if PFL is better than Bellator. or It's the UFC, yeah. and then it's everyone else. Yeah. yeah. And they can compete for second, but yeah. the UFC is always the top dog. 100%. I'm so glad, and then they've rigged fights. You know, yeah. boxing's notorious Boxing's for up, bro. Look at Don King, dude. From horrible. Seventies, eighties. Horrible. Rob people, bro. It's been messed up, bro. Yeah. And then it goes back before that, bro. Fifties and stuff, dude. Those fights are set. You got mob mafia involved with the sport now. There's been movies fights made about. Fights are getting it. paid off. You know, people are taking falls, bro. Watch Muhammad Ali versus what was his name. Joe Lewis is like the second fight, bro. Ma Ali hits him one time and he goes down. Yeah. For the count. Like, I don't know if that was real, bro. Yeah. You know, it could have been set up fight for a lot of money, you know? Right. But yeah, man, it's a circus. That's another thing I don't really like about boxing. It's just a whole circus that's involved with the dude. Jake was coming out with like roadblocks behind him and stuff. And it's just like, dude, just fight. Yeah. Make it simple. I think it's cool sometimes. Like when Conor McGregor walked out and he had the Irish lady singing and we yeah. fought Chad Mendes and Chad Mendes had that country guy playing. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of cool, bro. Yeah. You it's know? gotta be regulated. Yeah, a little bit. yeah. It has to be regulated a little bit, but the robots and the coming out and like suits and shit. It's like, dude, this is way too extra. Was it Wilder versus Fury where he had the suit and then he blamed the loss? Oh, oh the suit. Bro. Bro. It was too it was heavy. Too heavy bro. Yeah. It's like, yeah, well, do man. some squats, bro. Squats, Those legs, little legs. It's a circus, bro. And unfortunately, yeah. there's a lot of money in it. Like, it's it'd weird. be nice to have a lot of money in that. Like, the UFC, which the UFC, bro, has that money. They're a $10 billion company now, bro. Yeah. $10 billion. They have the money. Dude, Dana White just gave some YouTube kid freaking like $500,000 on something stupid. And it's like, <laughs> bro, how many bonuses is that you just gave to this kid who's like 16? Yeah. You know, and that's like a spit, spit in the fighter's face, bro. You know, so I think the fight, I think the fight, I think UFC isn't a point, though, where it's going to start getting more and more money involved in the sport, though. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to start moving towards that, bro. 
you know, I hate to say it again, but Jake Paul said if he beats Anderson Silva, that Anderson Silva and him have to work on starting a fighters union together. And I do. If I think they've worked together on that, I think that would be huge. That'd be cool. That'd be huge. It's interesting to see. Because look at all these other sports. They all had unions, and now they're all making millions and millions of dollars. You know. Yeah. And so it would be good to see. do an audit and see, because um, I hear that argument all the time. Like, yeah. um, you know, obviously MMA spreads it out, and it's one organization. You know, it's not like anybody's going after the WBC or yeah. the WO or, or was it WBO or whatever? WBO, yeah. Because um, they got so many organizations, so. You know, just singling it like boxing as a whole is just like everybody cross promotes yeah, and yeah. so it's hard. Um, but the it UFC's was so structured because it's just UFC, you know. Right. So we'll see what happens, man. But cool. Yeah, dude, we'll crush it. Well, so, Rhino, it's good having you on, brother. Always, brother. Appreciate Thanks you, dog. Me, man. Goat milk was good. Oh, great. <laughs> Two shots of estrogen even better. <laughs> awesome, bro. Thanks, Thank you guys for joining. Goodbye. Goodbye. Yeah, later.